Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. No Blue Jays baseball yesterday. But, oh my, a couple of intriguing games. Both Texas teams taking Ws, and the Mariners continue to lose. And it's so funny, dude, because you go back a week, and my initial gut feeling on who was going to come out of the AL West was absolutely Houston and Seattle. I really was like, Texas is blowing it, Mm -hmm. especially after winning four in a row against us and then just dropping the next three games to the guardians. I was just like, you know what? Outside of playing Toronto. Well, this Texas team hasn't played very good at all in the last like 30 games. Mm -hmm. Texas is going to be the odd man out. And wow. Like the Mariners have face planted dude. And a tip of the hat to Kansas city as well, who swept the Houston Astros in that series. Uh, Houston getting a win yesterday and Texas Coming up big against the Mariners, or uh, sorry, Houston. the Houston Astros are playing the Mariners. Yeah, Houston coming up big against the uh, the Mariners. Texas with a win as well. That AL West, man, it's still wide open. Yeah, still wide open. Um, was Texas, though, uh, four games up on the Mariners right now? Uh, they might only be three or three and a half. Give me a second here. Just pulling that up right now. Uh, two and a half up on Houston is what Texas is. Right. Four, four up, up on, on Seattle, Seattle, though. I don't think uh, Seattle can catch Texas. And Seattle is three back of Toronto. One and a half back of Houston. I think Seattle's going to be the odd man out. If the Jays can win today and tomorrow, and Houston either loses both of the next two games against Seattle, or Seattle loses the next two games, Jays are in. Which is wild to think. If we could clinch a playoff spot, dude, before we hit that final series against Tampa Bay, like the baseball gods have shined their light upon us because holy is it going to be important to massage that pitching staff the way you want it lined up for who's starting what games and that's going to allow toronto to do that so would be nice let it happen (laughs) you want kevin gosway game one of the race series in the wild card yeah absolutely okay hello everybody and welcome to the walk-off. This is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. Every single week we comb through all your interaction and we respond to as many questions as comments as we possibly can. Obviously, if you're going to reach out, you're going to want to do so on Twitter or on Instagram. Twitter is at walk-off podcast. Instagram, the walk-off podcast. You can shoot us a DM there or tweet at us. 
You can also join the Discord, which is now a Patreon exclusive as of October 1st. It's going to be the lowest tier there. You obviously get that Patreon bump if you support the channel. And of course, we really appreciate anyone who is going out of their way to do so. Uh if you are a member of the Patreon, you automatically get your question or comment into the mailbag until it gets so bulky that we need to re-envision this whole thing. But as we it stands are, right now... We are kind of at that point uh, as yeah. far as comments go. If you specifically DM us with a specific question, we can for sure get to it. And we have a few of those today. But we're getting like 30 comments on all of our... Uh, yeah. posts on patreon so we are having to sort through those a little bit but if you specifically want something directly answered just message us and, and we'll get to it for sure and on that let's get into it on that note uh let's just start off with a couple new patreon over the weekend right uh, he yes heather and brett uh both signed up for the patreon so lovely welcome uh, Shout out to the two of you. By the way, um, Discord is going Patreon exclusive as of Sunday. Uh, we've been warning you for a month that if you can't afford it or you're not interested in supporting the channel that way, that's totally fine. And if you have friendships that you've developed through the Discord and you want to keep in touch, this is your final warning to hit them up coordinate, exchange numbers, emails, whatever. Um, but after Sunday, it will be a Patreon-only perk. Um, for anybody who is, because I know we have a, f a few people who are waiting until it goes to a Patreon-exclusive perk, if you are waiting, because there was a misunderstanding with Patreon in the past, um, where if you like signed up on the 26th of September you'd be charged and then on the first of the next yeah. month you'd be charged again so that i know there are probably some people who are like well i don't want to get charged twice in a row so i'll wait till october 1st then i'll sign up um that's not the case anymore there is a the way it's done is you'll just whatever day you sign up for that will be your billing day so if you sign up on the 26th you'll get billed on the 26th of every month so there you go which I can't believe that it took Patreon that long to figure that <laughs> right? out. You know, like right? just freaking whatever day you go in on, that's your first of the month. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, anyway, so there, if, if that is a concern for anybody um, and they've been holding off thinking they'll just wait till the first of October. If you want to do it now, cool. If you want to wait till uh, till next payday too, that's fine too. But maybe you're interested in our live Zoom watch party. Oh, we're, we're watching the Yankees game tonight. Um, but you don't want to get double charged. Well, you could sign up safely today. Come watch the, mm -hmm. the Yankees-Jays game with us tonight on Zoom. And then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But you won't be double charged on the first. So there you go. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to have a bunch of folks with us. I know that whenever the, the thing that we always disliked about the live watch party was that it was just so much on us to like, you know? We, yeah, uh, it was the two of us and we had to be on the whole time. And, you, you know, you're so like, uh, what's the right word? You're so aware of the 
viewership count and, and numbers yeah. going up that there's a real pressure to be on and like giving input and whatever. But it's like we all know the Blue Jays broadcast is the best in baseball. So yeah. they're already doing a better job talking about the game than we are. But uh, it'll be more of a hang out with your buddies kind of an experience. Exactly. Right? So, Which I'm really looking forward to. I think this honestly. is going to be an it's, awesome. It's, it's going to be great. And I really like the interaction with the comment section on YouTube. I mean, that's great. It's one of the things I really enjoy about long toss, which is happening this Sunday, by the way, uh, hopefully a big playoff preview when we get all of our fellow Jays content creators on. So looking forward to that, but it, it will be cool to like have people face to face, you know, and just be able mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Or mm-hmm. what the heck just happened there? Anyways, totally. looking forward to it. That's tonight. Um, speaking of face to face. Last thing I'll say is that is a turnoff yes. for some people. They don't like yes. the idea of whatever, and they'd rather lurk. That is also fine. You're welcome to join yeah. the Zoom and not have your webcam on and just listen and watch and participate yeah. with your microphone. Or there is also a chat feature there's, on the side, too. So chat too. You can yep. type it out and have your mic muted, your webcam off, and just totally... We are appealing to the intro and the extroverts. Look at us Absolutely. go, bud. Absolutely. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Okay. Enough about that. Um, that is, again, only available to the intergalactic $25 super incredible heroes edition tier of the Patreon. So yes, there you go. Okay. Uh, to the mailbag. Oshawa Bob says, okay, Scott, I've got to say it. And then in capital letters, please straighten that effing picture. Uh, I think Do they Dickie, look straight, Bob. It, I tried my best. <laughs> oh, Bob, I don't know if you watched the Patreon uh, pre-show or not today, but Scott spent a good 30 to 45 seconds, uh, took it right off the wall, yeah. it around, looked at it, put it back up. I don't think it's straight, but... <laughs> I said maybe it's the picture underneath, and uh, oh, which really sent me into a really whole other level of panic. Yes. So, okay. Um, and then Ian commented on Patreon, um, about our Costco fiasco we uh, discussed on yesterday's MLB Monday. Um. He says, Adam, being right has nothing to do with it. When it comes to your actions at Costco, Costco is a place where relationships go to die. Um, Johnny Eaton adds, I've never been shopping with my girlfriend, and I'm starting to think that could be the secret to our success. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then, which is a great comment, but then proceeds to take a shot at us. It says, I could totally see both of you having, quote, bad shopping energy. (laughs) <laughs> which you admit to having i, I do have terrible I, shopping energy i will never admit to having bad shopping energy um annoying toxic positivity sure but any okay anyways that's that's uh that's it uh, i did get a message on i think over the weekend from michael meyer who asked me uh adam do you remember when you did the list i don't remember the context uh, but it got high praise, also high praise by me. Can you do a list again? And then I messaged back and forth with Michael and tried to have him jog my memory because I could not, for the life of me, remember a list. He had 
no real extra input, just that it was a list, a top 10 of sorts. Um, so we put it out to the Patreon, and now we're putting it out to the, the general grounds crew. Uh, do you have any fucking clue what list I did about a year ago that was so awesome? Um, he did message again this morning and added that it was a baseball-related list. So that helps. He said something like a top 10 kind of a thing, like 10 things the Blue Jays need to do to improve on for next year or 10 things that need to happen for playoff success. Uh, He says, I was alone and not with Scott. So it might have been in February when you were in Africa for your wedding. Um, If anybody knows a list that I did, other than my like top 10 punchable faces list, um, In fact, if there's any cool things we do that then we forget about and don't do again, <laughs> go ahead and let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Positive reinforcement, please. Um, okay, so that's that. Uh, sticking with the Patreon here, um, Jeremiah says, oh, this is in reference to the Padres thing that we tackled on MLB Mondays okay. yesterday. Um. So Jeremiah says, anyone can throw around someone else's money and sign big players. But the problem with Preller is that he can't run a sports organization. If he's allowed to hire another coach and remain, it won't be his fault anymore, but the ownerships. That's a really good point. And I know we kind of really deep dived into the San Diego Padres yesterday on MLB Mondays, a Patreon exclusive. And... Basically, the crux of the conversation was what Preller has done and the hirings he has made and the amount of coaches and staff that has turned over. His coaching and managers have turned over 29 different individuals in the eight years that he has been there since being hired in 2015, which is the most in Major League Baseball, an industry that has a lot of turnover when it comes to coaches and managers. So is that a red flag? It seems like it may be. Preller has spent a ton of money. He does have the ear of the owner, and the ownership group there really does enjoy and like Preller. They think that uh, his work ethic, which is something that was pointed out, is that he is a very hard worker, and he always wants to outdo everybody. And that's one of the reasons the approach he has taken has been, I'll I'll outspend you. I'll outwork you. We'll you know, there was talks about um, the players not liking the amount of practice time, the high velo reps that he forces everyone to do. There's just some real problems within the San Diego Padres. And I need to agree with Jeremiah here that truly, if he gets the opportunity to hire another manager, because it's already been stated that the relationship between Bob Melvin manager for the San Diego Padres and AJ Preller, their general manager is unfixable. This is from the mouth of players. Now they did remain anonymous, but the fact that it goes so deep, the players know about the rift is not very good. So yeah, ownership's fault. If they are allowing him to hire another manager, it's like the old adage, you know, if you uh, get drunk and ask your four-year-old to be your designated driver, and then she crashes the car, You know, the cop shouldn't get mad at the four-year-old. They should get mad at the terrible dad that asked her to drive, right? Hmm. Or victim blaming. You get drunk and ask your four-year-old to make you a grilled cheese sandwich, and they burn said sandwich. 
that's on the four-year-old. That's on the four-year-old. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> just basics. Just basics here. Um, top three payrolls in baseball. New York Mets, $353 million. Yankees, $277 million. San Diego Padres, $249 million. Um, yeah, they've been a top 10 payroll for the last five years, a top five payroll for the last three all three of those teams missing the playoffs, though. Yeah. Last year was the first time the Padres went as far as they had, which was the NLCS since 1998. Still oh. looking for that first World Series. Crazy. Um, related to this comment, uh, user NJ9R, rest of the serial number, says... Um, Oh, we were talking about retooling the Blue Jays and what does success mean for this team in terms of who's safe, um, blah, 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 what kind of success is required to save John Schneider's job, etc. was the gist of the part of the episode they're responding to. And they say, also at the end, Adam, you're focusing on the wrong part of the argument. Like, if we get lucky and win the World Series, of course, that's not a bad thing. It would be great, actually. But... The point is that even if that was the case, I'd still hope we make some changes in the offseason, then in brackets, and big ones, because we just got lucky in the postseason, because that's what happens with short sample sizes. Sometimes you get lucky, but we can't expect to get lucky again next season, so let's build a team that doesn't need as much luck. <sighs> I don't know. I... I mean, if you're going to bring up small sample sizes and the fact that the playoffs is a bit of a crapshoot, then how do you ignore the large sample size of 162 games and a team that is most likely going to win 90 to 92 games? Now, listen, I'm not saying the Jays are necessarily going to go three and three or five and one, but I do believe it's going to be somewhere within that range. I don't think that they're going to go one and five or anything like that. So, I mean, it's still games need to be played, but if this team wins 90, let's say they win 91 games, which is matching 2021, one less than 2022. That would mean that they're most likely going to finish as the top, as a top three team in the American League ahead of most likely both division winners. So is all of this to just be ignored then? I'm not saying that there won't be some changes and don't need to be some changes, perhaps a little less defense focus and a little bit more offense focus, which would mean probably not re-signing Kevin Kiermaier, although I'd still be all for it. Um, placing Dalton Varsho in center field and trying to get a guy who hits a little better playing left field. There is, there is the risk of overcorrecting. And it scares the crap out of me. Everyone is so quick to point out you know, like Vladdy's had an off year. Go for it. Jump in. Even if we win the World Series, we need quote unquote big changes. This is. Uh, I, I disagree. Yeah. I risk offensive words coming out of my mouth. Like. Remember when Alex Anthopoulos joined the Braves? And then in what 2021, they were in the World Series. And everybody was clamoring, now let's rebuild at the parade. Remember that? 
<laughs> we got yeah, lucky, boys. Know. Let's like, rebuild, though, so that we have a fucking less lucky team next year. Like, even just the idea of, uh, what did he say? We can't expect to get lucky again next season, so let's build a team that doesn't need as much luck. Like, that's so much fucking, for, for one, impossible. Second, easier said than done. Like, Cohen spent half a billion dollars trying to build a team that didn't need luck. Look how that turned out. The Brave we talked about this on the pre-show. The Braves are the like long like the lead horse by a mile favorites to win the World Series. Vegas odds still 24%. Like they're the fucking favorites to win the World Series and still and need it's still going to take some it's luck still going to need some real luck there. through these playoffs absolutely look at the top tiered teams that were eliminated from that NL last year if you went for like teams. if you went for open heart surgery and the doctor said you have a 24% chance of survival you go well i'm probably not going to survive this i fucking really hope i get lucky and i pull through that's the Braves who are the favorites to win the world series are that's their odds of winning the world like it's the idea that you could just build a team that doesn't need luck is so oh it sets really me on fire think, with rage I, I really do think that because this 2023 season has been so frustrating as a fan to watch that it has skewed what this team is doing a little bit in everyone's mind like if you just pull the microscope out and just look at the numbers at the end of this season and look at how many wins they have and look at what has gone by look at the era look at where they are offensively yeah they're a middle of the road offensive team this year when it comes to uh certain numbers runners in scoring position home runs rbis they're all right around that middle of the pack they're still a top 10 team when it comes to WRC plus when it comes to on base percentage, when it comes to OPS, you know, like there are still some real tangible offensive numbers to hang your hat on. And I understand that. Yeah, it was frustrating up until I think about August 1st, where the Jays were one of the worst teams in baseball with runners in scoring position. Since then, that has not been the case. The blue Jays, are one of the best teams in baseball in September. And really, I know you can't do that, but outside of that Texas series, they've been lights out. Since the All-Star break, the Blue Jays have an MLB high 295 average with two outs and runners in scoring position. Like, that's middle of July. I the just, point the point is Scott if even if we win the World Series we need major changes major I, I, overhaul Schneider gone Atkins gone ship off Bowen Vlad like let's bring in some real players who can get it done consistently because this is not cutting it one World Series not good enough it's it's insanity like this fucking <laughs> Canucks fan in the comment section Remember when the Canucks went to the Stanley Cup finals with on the back of Roberto Luongo and then they sure lost to the Bruins? And like, sure, he had some bad games against the Bruins, right? Like he had some games where like 
whatever. They got blown out like seven nothing or whatever. But in the three games that the the Canucks won, were like all shutouts. Mm-hmm. And I think in the seven game series, the Canucks scored six goals, like less than a goal a game. And you're gonna blame the goalie? Yeah. Like, fuck off. Anyways, sorry, I'm heated. I didn't get a good night's sleep. Um. <laughs> But this is just so maddening. Oh, my God. Should we talk this Jordan Romano comment and just jump ahead? Because this kind of ties in. (laughs) All right. So from Twitter. Sorry, Darian. We're coming after you now. Uh, Darian on Twitter DM'd us and said, hey, guys, I think the verdict is in on Jordan Romano. He is not the guy. Uh, Every time they need the game shut down, he blows it or just about blows it. They can't have him closing games in the playoffs. So where do you stand on this? Yes, they can. Hot pile and yes, they should. I, 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 the Jordan Romano. And they don't have back. any other options, even if you didn't like him. He's the I, best like, we the, got. Absolutely, he is. And he's one of the best in baseball. And I understand there is the way he gets it done can be frustrating because, yes, and we've talked sure. about this all season. Oh. It was Matt that last the second game of that Rays series when we were down five nothing and we crawled back and we we got up six five and then yeah. Jordan Romano blew it in the ninth or whatever like yeah that fucking really sucked that's gonna happen sometimes to the best of the best this is the highest save percentage this season minimum thirty save attempts okay. Jordan Romano leads the way. He is tied with David Bednar, also at 92.3%, and Alexis Diaz at 92.3%. He, like, for for getting it done, Jordan Romano does it as much as anyone in baseball. Devin Williams, one of the supreme closers in baseball with the Milwaukee Brewers, is behind them at 89.7%. Carlos Estevez and Felix Batista are behind that. I don't even really know what to say here other than there aren't better closers out there. And I understand that it could be very frustrating to watch Jordan Romano come in and get all anxious and get all nervous. And I do the same thing because you know, darn well, if you give him a clean inning, he's probably going to let a couple guys on base. He's going to make you sweat. I know I keep making this comparison but it's very much the 1980s Oilers with Grant Fuhrer in net, right? If the Oilers score three goals, Grant Fuhrer is going to allow two. If they score seven, he's going to allow six. And yeah, there's a little bit of that in Romano. You give him rope, he's going to use it. But he does get it done. Look at his saves. He's one of he's got. He's saving more than almost anyone in baseball. And I understand the mentality of I don't give a shit about his stats. I don't like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> but. Who? Give me a name. Like, if you are so against Jordan Romano in the comments, I want to see a name. Who's better? Who would you prefer? And back it up. I want to see numbers. Um. So, Jordan Romano, you mentioned 36 saves on 40 save opportunities. That's 90%. Okay, 90% of the time, he's successfully saving. So the numbers the, the numbers I gave was before he blew that last save 
podcast. Well, I'm even including that. Okay, so yeah. I'm I'm being as fair as I can be here. Yeah, thirty six out of forty. That's a ninety save percentage. Uh, you ever heard of Mariano Rivera, the greatest oh. closer oh, of all time? Hall of Famer. Yeah his his career save percentage, eight ninety one. The greatest closer of all time, Jordan Romano is one percent better. Yeah, this year, this year, like so. Listen, just, just to be like, closers blow games. It's unfortunate. It is the way baseball goes sometimes. Let's throw batteries at Jordan Romano. I guess, like, let's just go full Yankees fandom on this. Is just. <sighs> All right, I'm glad we lumped this together because now we can move on. Now we, and can, we can, yeah, we can be a little bit positive here for the rest of the episode. But, anyways, I always worry I, about coming across like a dick here because I know everyone in sports world is allowed their own way of being a fan. But my God, sometimes it just rubs me the wrong way. Like the Romano hate, I just don't get it, dude. I really don't. The mentality of a World Series, even if they do win it all probably need to make some major upheavals of changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beauty of sports though, is people are allowed to be wrong and we're allowed to argue yeah. about it. Right. And I, and I, you know what, man, maybe we're wrong. You know, like I, I just, I just, in this see. case, I don't think so. But yeah. in this case, they also probably don't think they're wrong. This is the thing. I, I'm not saying anything to Darian or user number serial number um, that I wouldn't say to my, if my buddy said this to me, exactly, I would say, exactly. the, I would call him I would, I would even be, worse I, things that I'm saying right now. So yeah, Darian and uh, user NJ nine take this as, uh, uh, as we're an buds offer of friendship. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. <sighs> All right, I'm exhausted. I feel good. That was cathartic. Now, all of that said, I do feel very fortunate as a Blue Jays fan to have Jordan Hicks, Eric Swanson, and Tim Meza in that bullpen, all capable of taking very high leverage spots and maybe even shutting down the game from time to time with a close here and there. Romano's not always available, right? If he goes, we've seen him go two innings, and then mm-hmm. go back to back and they're just not available that third time out. There are situations where I know in the playoffs, it's kind of all the shackles are off, but you know, there are moments where a guy like Hicks is going to come in very, very handy. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Um, okay. We talked about AL East being wide open yesterday on MLB Mondays. Um, AL West, I think. Yeah. Sorry. The American League just post. Oh yes, the American being League, wide yes. open. Yes. Um. The only team that gives me a little bit of grief. Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Me too. Um. That's not to say I'm taking the Twins lightly or the Rays lightly or anything. I. That's not what I'm saying. But our track record against the Orioles this year speaks for itself. That's cause for night sweats. Um, the hope is, come playoff time, 
all these kids crumple under pressure, right? It's yeah. a totally different ball game in uh, the postseason atmosphere. So um, I, on MLB Mondays, described them as little pumpkin patch bastards. And we got a lot of comments uh, loving that. So <laughs> uh, Deb, tip of the cap to you. Johnny, tip of the cap to you. Um, that's all I have on that. Uh, little pumpkin patch bastards, the Baltimore Orioles. There you go. Uh, Deb also says, and she uh, she DM'd me about this and said, hey, are there any instructions slash links for the Zoom watch party tonight? Uh, we kind of touched on this off the top of the show, but just to reiterate, um, yeah, keep an eye out in your direct messages. Basically, as soon as I get off uh, editing and getting this stuff out tonight, uh, I will be sending out the invitation to the Zoom meeting um, in your DM. So if you are a member of that $25 tier, I will be sending the invites, uh, that way. If I send them out at lunchtime and then two hours later, you sign up for the Patreon. You're like, yeah, that sounds fun. That'll be a good time hanging out with Scott and Adam and, and Deb and the rest, uh, for the Yankees Jays game. And you sign up, just shoot me a message in case I missed it. And yeah. uh, I'll be keeping an eye out yeah, right we'll, up to, we'll, to game time. So we'll be on the Patreon. We'll take care of you. Absolutely. We'll, we'll make sure that you don't get lost. So there you go. Um, okay. Off to Discord now. Do you want to take this one from Scott Adams about the Rangers series? Yeah, I can do that. I'm totally okay, putting you on the spot so, here. Well, I, I got it ready if you want me to just go for it. So Scott Adams, lead cheer lead in Discord, says seven of nine since the Rangers series. Maybe I'm a polite idiot, and booing the team was exactly what they needed to hear to get it going. Three games up on the Mariners now. Uh, Scott Adams, normally his handle is Scott Adams, the Jays fan, but he has gone to lead cheer. Uh, he didn't like... The hometown fans were booing the team. I didn't really think that it was great either, but uh, he makes a good point. You know what? They have been lights out since getting booed. I don't know if that is what kicked these guys into high gear, but uh, hey, glad they're in gear now. <laughs> yeah, glad they're in gear. I mean, I touched on it yesterday. Um, maybe that four-game sweep against the Rangers at home was the best thing that could have happened to the Blue Jays. Um, if the booing yep. was a part of it and whatever. Um, Just the whole experience. All of the analysts, all of Canadian sports media saying John Schneider's job is at stake and time to fire him and all this stuff. Um, Mustard Tiger, which one of my favorite usernames, um, on Patreon says, Oh dude, the Rangers sweep being the catalyst. I love this take. I'm all in on it. If we do go deep in the postseason, we're gonna think nostalgically on this take. So we'll see. Here's hoping we get a nice deep World Series run that uh ends in a little bit of luck. Um, speaking of the run, though, we talked about Chris Bassett being our game two starter, and Mustard Tiger says he'd prefer to see Jose Barrios in game one or two. What are your thoughts? I really don't care strongly enough to argue, in all honesty. Yeah. I would prefer 
Chris Bassett, but if the Jays go with Jose Barrios, I'm not going to sit there and be like, they're going to blow it now. Jose Barrios, how could they? Even if they wind up losing with Jose, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference. I really think it's a roll of the dice as to which guy you go with. Um, I prefer Chris Bassett because of his experience, because of the fact that he has uh, been there. But you know what? If things get weird, the Jays drop and they wind up in that third spot and they're playing Minnesota. Oh boy. A Jose Barrios revenge game would be mm. lovely. So wouldn't it? Um, what an incredible turnaround Jose Barrios has had this year. Oh, career year, by the way, he's having yeah. a career year. Um, I've not been a Barrios guy. I two seasons of me kind of being bummed out by him, to be honest. And, uh, I will gladly eat crow on that one. Especially mm-hmm. if you can get a couple W's in the postseason. Um, we don't have it for mailbag, but this reminded me of a comment that we did get about Yusei Kikuchi, who has not been the best in his past four or five starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically he has one start the rest of the season, right? In the next yeah. six games, he'll pitch once. What do you need to see out of him? to feel confident with him as a like long man out of the bullpen, whatever in a, in a playoff game. I don't need to see anything out of him. I think he's a long man in the bullpen on this playoff roster, no matter what personally. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah. Long man out of the bullpen. I hope we don't need it. Right. Like we're only I we're agree. only doing long Here's... man out of the bullpen if someone has a really ugly first two innings. Right? And I would say I don't even know if at in a in a wild card series scenario if there is going to be very much rope when it comes to the starting pitchers, even Kevin Gosman. So if let's say Gauz allows three runs in the first four innings. I think he's done. And then I think going to Kikuchi in that scenario, mm. uh, going lefty to the righty and have Kikuchi eat two innings there, lengthening. I I, I think that's okay. more the way it'll go. You know what? It could even be less than that. Who knows? Like, really, like, if, if, if Jose Barrios allows two runs in the second and there's a runner on first and, and second and, and mm-hmm. one out and, you know, maybe you go early. These yeah, small I guess. series, dude, like a three-game series. We watched it yesterday, or yeah. yesterday. We we watched it last year, right? Like that mm-hmm. that series can slip away from you in a hurry. So yeah, I guess that's not what I typically done. think of when I think of a long man out of the bullpen. I'm thinking of a guy that can go like four innings, right? Like yeah. someone got blown up. But no, you're right. Like in that case where, yeah, someone just. We got through it. It wasn't pretty, but yeah, we're at the other side of the fourth inning and we don't really want to totally deplete our bullpen on a game that maybe we're not winning, but it's not out of hand either. Yeah. Good opportunity to bring in Kikuchi. I think a really good, a really good example of where Kikuchi would really come in handy. Let's say the Blue Jays win game one of a wild card series. You're in game two. Jose Barrios is on the mound. He is in the second inning. Let's say he's in the third inning and he's allowed three runs and there's two outs left. Guy on second base. Maybe that's all the rope Jose is going to get or the starting pitcher in general. Interchange any name you want in there. Mm -hmm. 
And then you go to Kikuchi, who's coming in from the left side, throwing 98. Let him go a couple of innings as long as he's getting it done. Then you're done five innings, the and then you thing. have the bullpen to go. Mesa, Hicks, Swanson, Romano, right? Which is yeah. what you're trying to set up here. So uh, I don't think that starting pitching is going to get a lot of rope in these series. I don't think it's going to be like we typically see John Schneider give them a little bit of leeway. I don't, I don't think that'll be the case, especially in the wild card. And then Ryu is our fourth starter. In a wild card roster, I don't think Ryu is on the playoff roster. Now, I I do think he will be included in anything after that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm with you there. Okay, um, good, good, good. We've got uh, okay. This is it. Then we're ending with a comment from Discord about George Springer, the Gold Glove right fielder. Um, so Verocity says George better get that gold glove in right field this year. You can't argue with zero errors. Uh, original blunt smoking. Our whole outfield should be getting gold gloves, to be honest. Um, Verocity says, yeah, they definitely deserve it. No doubt. We'll see how it plays out. It'll be criminal if George doesn't get one. I mean, I was impressed with zero errors. I know that didn't impress you, but uh, I think George has been excellent in right field this season. Personally, he has made some big time plays, uh, has a great arm still. He's lost a few seconds on that step of his. He is turning 34. In fact, I think he is 34 now. I think he had his birthday just recently. Um, Gold glove. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., was a finalist for gold glove and he was terrible in left field. Of course he had a cannon of an arm and led the league in outfield assists at that point. But uh, yeah, maybe George is a finalist. He sure seems more comfortable in right field than he did in center field. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the George, Okay, so George Springer, I think there's some recency bias maybe in this comment based on how exciting and electric of a game he had against Tampa Bay the other day. The inside the park home run followed by the diving catches and the plays off the wall and the gunning the guys at second for the outfield assists. September George is here. September George is here. It's the summer of George. Um. For a lot of this season, though, I've felt disappointed in watching George out there in right field and how slow he has been. So, and we go back and forth on this a lot about like, like I'm an errors guy, mm-hmm. right? I, I value the measurement of errors. So people might be annoyed at me for even saying this, but there is something that an error or lack thereof doesn't capture. And, and uh, if you're too slow to even make a play on the ball, no error gets made. Like there's no error recorded, right? It's just a, a ball that dropped in there. So has he played clean baseball? Yeah. Unarguably. So he's played clean ball still like slow 
in my opinion. So I don't know if the range is there. I'd have to look at how many outfield assists he has. doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot out of right field. That being said, as far as everyone in our outfield should be getting a gold glove, George Springer might, I think, be our best shot at a gold glove in the outfield this year because he's our only real full-timer at that position. Right? Like, that's what constantly works against no, Dalton Varsho, right? It's right? working like, against Varsho and Kiermaier is that... They split so much time between left field, center, and then mixing in Whit Merrifield. It's like... Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it's very true. They might technically qualify, you know, at minimums innings played at the position, but it's still... It is like a, a problem with the whole the way a gold glove gets measured, right? Is when you are looking at, well, this left fielder played 160 games. Dalton Varsho only played 111 games in left field. It's like, yeah, but he played 50 in center. So that should be, those should count as left field quality points for the left field gold glove, right? But in a weird way, it doesn't. So yeah, I would say George Springer, I don't think should get one. Uh, I don't. So I just, shouldn't even say that because I'd have to look to at who touch, the other right fielders are. So to touch on sprint speed, um, he has a 60, which means that he's in the 60th percentile. So he's slightly above average okay. with his speed, which, you know what, for a 34-year-old, I will absolutely take it. Sure. I haven't noticed eye test-wise him missing stuff, and uh, that could just be on me. I'm not uh, saying you're wrong here, but... George mm-hmm. not getting to plays has not been something that I've noticed as a problem. His range, so outs above average, he currently sits at two, and they have his arm value at a negative three. So uh, that's that's arm strength. Um, arm strength, they have him at a 68 percentile. And then arm value, he has a 12. So I'm not sure how they measure that. But there are those... Ex- extracurricular stats that uh, stats. always always get me confused. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know how to quantify any of those against any other right fielder, other than to say <laughs> he's been on the field a lot this year. He's been in the lineup a lot. I'm gonna call that a win, Gold Glove or not. Um. Yeah, I'll take He definitely hasn't been a deficit in right field. I will say that. I mean, he, he is not below average, in my opinion, in any form. Uh, he Defensively, he field. is an upgrade over whatever we would have gotten out of Teoscar Hernandez. Yes, agreed. So, okay. Um, that's, uh, that's it for today. Okay. Thank you to everyone who has interacted with us over the week. We always appreciate you reaching out. And uh, continuing to grow this community, we really do tip of the hat to the grounds crew. You are all uh, very much appreciated. It's pretty darn cool how many folks constantly reach out, how many people constantly uh, help build up this walk-off community. So thank you to all of you. Uh, Extra special tip of the hat to the Patreon folks. We really do appreciate you. If you are that upper tier Patreon member, keep your eye open in your inbox. 
for that link for tonight. And we will see you around uh, 445 for this Yankees Blue Jays game. Go Jays go. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.